evening, everybody. So uh, we're back after two, three weeks. It's been, been a, a long it's time. It's been a break. Uh, we missed it, Valentine's. It hasn't been a break. I can't say it's a break break. We, you know, we, but we haven't been right here. It wasn't enjoyable time off. We had um, a COVID quarantine at our house. We uh, had Likewise, some positive yeah. tests. You were positive? Yep. You were po- I was positive. Of course, I'm always positive, but yes. I was yeah. COVID you were positive. COVID po- were you positive, too, or just quarantine? Yeah. You guys are going to give it to me tonight. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm several days out. Like, me too. Almost two weeks. Uh, i got other issues, but I don't have COVID anymore. This wasn't on our plan for the evening, but I'm just curious. Did did you lose your sense of taste did and not. smell? Did you? I did not. Uh, my wife still hasn't got hers back, and she's two weeks removed from it. I got mine back pretty quick, and it was like corn chips and something else, so I ate a lot of corn yeah. chips. And that was. Uh, I wanted Doritos, and I'm not a Dorito eater, but let me tell you. Look out. The it was ble- on. The blessing and the curse in our family, I know a lot of people struggled hard, was losing something that you're so used to, smell and taste. Right. When you got the hint of it back, you were like, wow. Yes. Cool. How little is it? It was amazing. Like a blind man seeing again. And, and you know, I remember saying early on, if I lose my sense of taste and smell, I'm going to eat so healthy because it won't matter. <laughs> you can't. But, Why not? but the thing is, even though you know you can't taste and smell, you still crave it. Like, you All still right. want pizza. And I was thinking, there's got to be a sermon in there somewhere. Like, I mean, I'm not a preacher, but there's got to be a sermon wrapped up yeah. in the fact that you're still craving. Well, for me, I realized how much I ate just to eat. You know, when I couldn't taste stuff, yeah, I was I like, why do I want that piece it, of cheese? It's, now? So, you know? yeah. it's like I didn't eat it. Yeah. Well, you know how the, the Bible says the Lord knows what you can handle and can't handle. He, he knew, he knew he I couldn't handle food. not having my taste <laughs> and, and smell. So no. I, I didn't lose that, but I, I did... Uh, I lost a lot of active hours uh, yes. because uh, me and the the bed are, are very familiar with each other. I I can't pass a nap. I oh, mean, still? it's just yeah. Well, I got a great shop and it was like negative thirteen outside, so I couldn't do nothing out there that I did feel good. So yeah, there are a lot of sitting on the yeah. couch. Oh, I thought yeah. this was great. It's freezing cold outside. I didn't want to go anywhere. Well, anyway. and you know that was a, a blessing because I had several things on the outside level going on, but but because of the cold, I couldn't do it. So. I had a good excuse to just stay inside and veg. So um, since we missed our Valentine's special, if you will, this was going to be our Valentine's episode. Um, So to start that off, we were going to talk about uh, the greatest commandment. Um, And I'm going to be in Mark chapter 12. I think I originally had sent you all Matthew. I apologize. But this is also in um, Mark's and Matthew's account. Um, But let me just set the stage here real quick. So... This is the Passion Week that we're speaking of here. So on Monday, Jesus has his grand entry into the city. Um, just beautiful praise and just an awesome day. That was Monday. On Friday, he's going to be crucified. So this is somewhere in the middle, right? Right. And so um, you've got some Pharisees and some scribes, and you've got some Jewish leaders, and they're really looking to take Jesus down. Right. They don't like his popularity. They don't like uh, him, period. They're, they're, they're he, plotting. He's a threat. They are plotting yeah. something. Um, and so they're kind of interviewing him. And I don't picture this the way they interview our current president with, like, easy questions. You know, they weren't asking him, did you play did, did Mario Kart? Did you get Kart your morning your, coffee, sir? Did you throw a log in the fire in the Oval Office? Did You know, it wasn't easy. This is the way they would ask questions to say our former president. They were giving it to him, right? They are really trying to Every trick day. him. Uh, so lots of hard questions. And um, they, they asked Jesus. Um, and this is Mark chapter 12, 28. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, he 
asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. So, uh, and this is familiar to a lot of us, right? Like this is a passage that we've heard many times. Um, so in Valentine's and thinking about love, um, I was thinking about if the greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God, how do we love God? Like he is love, our love comes from him, but how do we, um, as super flawed humans, or maybe I'm just speaking about myself, show love to God? So uh, the, for me, the value of this is what you're, what you opened up with, and to go just a little deeper into that, just for a moment, they truly felt like that they were going to be able to ride Jesus out on a rail with his answer to this, and the reason for that is because um, they knew what for the last four hundred years that they had done with Moses, they had set Moses above God. And they believed with this question that Jesus would trap himself and that he would maybe even unwillingly or inadvertently say something negative about Moses. And that was their hope. Instead, they took the Shema, which is what every Jewish person says twice a day, love the Lord your God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord their, your God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all the heart, soul, mind, and strength. Where did that come from? That come from Moses. Deuteronomy 6. Right. So something they were very, very oh my goodness. familiar they with. They did it. They said it every day. And, I mean, it, it was just, you, you just can't say enough about how skillful. Of course, you know, he's God. And, and he knew their thoughts. He knew what they were hoping. And he, but, but, which is what you're getting at here. If we, I think it's good for us to understand if you will, the pressure that Jesus was in there, but yet he still gives us the key to life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And, you know, our, our favorite person to read after these days, John MacArthur, talks about how those three to four things did not have to be delineated, but he did delineate them. You know, in other words, Jesus is not trying to say there's four ways to love me right? as much as with everything you've got. I feel you like know? it's the repetition. Right. Like he says it four different times. He keeps it, you know, repetitive right. for people like me that have, you know, I'm getting older, forgetting more, <laughs> seems like. And Easy. he says Come it four on. times, all, all. With all your heart. Uh, so real, is all it mind. all of it? Yes, all of it. Yes. All, all and of it's it. no different than what he did with Peter. Do you love me, Peter? Right. Do you love me, yeah. Peter? You know, and that's different levels of right, love, right, right. but still. But when Jesus reiterates something, he's right. just making sure us knuckleheads are getting it. Yeah, yeah. when, when the Lord of creation says something once, it, it's a command. Right. When he says it three and four times, you know, he, he really wants you to make a point of that. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the notes I wrote down here, uh, and, and I can't even remember the impetus of this, but I did a little study on purity years ago. And what I came across, had never heard this, but purity, simply put, means single-mindedness. And when you and I are purely loving the Lord, that is singly what we're doing day in, day out, is we are trying to love the Lord with, with our intellect. We're trying to love him with our emotion. We're trying to love him with our social 
life. We're trying to love him with our energy, if you will. Uh, and, and so uh, the Aheb, the word, Hebrew word for love, <clears throat> excuse me, used in Deuteronomy, refers primarily to an act of the mind and the will, the determined care for the welfare of something or someone. It might well include strong emotion, but its distinguishing characteristics were the dedication and commitment of choice. Now, for me, you know, that changes everything because, uh, you know, you think about the Disney approach to love. The Disney approach to love is follow your heart. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's well stated here. After. Right. It's well stated here that that's the last thing you want to do is follow your heart. You are the worst person to take advice from type thing. With that said, uh, God has asked us daily to make a choice to love him. And, and, and that's the key. Take up your cross and follow yeah, yeah. him. That's right. Deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow him. I got a lot more I can read, but I'll, I'll let you guys weigh in. It, I, I would only add to that. It's been one of my interests of late is how do you love God with your mind, with, with your thought processes, with what, what you think about, what you dwell on, what you mull over in your head. Oh, I think I that's word. all part of it. Yeah. Mull. Mullet. I love that word. <laughs> Sounds um, delicious. <laughs> Not mullet, bit, bit of honey. <laughs> but you mull. <laughs> but it's meditation is uh, all it is. I'm even one of the aspects of I think loving God with your mind is is following God given curiosity. Mm. This this is a, a new line of thinking for me, and it started with uh, Moses in the desert. Uh, the passage reads: When God saw that Moses turned aside to investigate. That's when he spoke to Moses. It was almost like he was waiting for Moses to stop and say, hey, what's going on with this verse? We've been by this three times and it's still burning. Or, you know, I think curiosity is a gift from God to get you out of burnout or mm. out of a rut or out of a, uh, what's the word, a, a destructive cycle. Mm. I think it's a gift. I think it's a doorway that God gives us in our being and in our mind and our thinking to pursue something some discovery of him, if you will. Curiosity so. could it also be just described as seeking. You bet. Some form. And it always, it's always so, you know, I, I'm putting together a list of people who started their career and became famous because they were curious about something. David Barton's one of them. Mm -hmm. He just got curious to see what the founding fathers actually said about prayer in school. So he just did a study on it. And th that's how it started. Uh, I don't know the fact, but I'm sure the colonel was curious about how to make the best chicken that he could possibly make. Just that's. And the then Chick-fil-A took it to the next level yes, and just God's completed chosen it. chosen chicken <laughs> for those just joining us. He laid us. the foundation. <laughs> uh, but. For children, I agree. For children, Chick-fil-A is the best <laughs> way to go. If you're an adult, you need to go to Cane's. Oh, my God. If you're an adult, you need to go to Cane's. Unless you become so like the these bears. little children, you will never <laughs> enter the kingdom of <laughs> <laughs> uh, So on mine, uh, like, sorry, with a, with a satisfied life was one of the questions. How do we show, uh, or, or how do we show our love? I got a headache now. <laughs> how it played out in our life. Mine was a satisfied life. Being content. Right, very good. You know, I think uh, if you're waking up struggling with wanting this or doing that, you're not lit walking close to God. He will right. give you that content life. Mine was at um, how does it look at your church loving God? And this is strictly on your own level, not looking for anything to do. Same thing kind of with being satisfied. If At your level, if you're involved in everything, you're not looking for something to do. If your level of loving God is 
just forcing yourself to come on Sunday and you worshiped and you go home, that's your level. But not, not needing or craving. If you're sitting in a church craving something, you need to go do it. You're not obeying the Holy Spirit. So I'd say loving God, being engaged in your church. And then the other one was um, in our community. I thought of a, if I were to die, having a packed funeral and people celebrating, not weeping. And so, you know, we, we've all known that person in our communities that when they're lost, it's just, it's crushing. Nine times out of ten, it's probably because they lived a life close to God. You know, uh, there are not too many heathens, you know, getting packed, uh, maybe, but, you know. But you know what I'm saying. But that, those are the ones. If I could add, I, I did write a book about how, what it looks like to love God. If the, se- if the second thing Jesus says in Matthew 22 is what I think it means, so the second is like it, love thy neighbor as thyself, you can love God by loving your neighbor. Right. And he takes that as love or perceives that as love. And there, I read the book. Uh, so, so the other way you can love God, and it's the same way that we receive love or perceive love, is when... Um, it's in John 14, 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it, is, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So following Jesus, you know, your first experience with him brings you into a loving relationship, and you want to do what he wants you to do. And then when you do that, he reveals more of himself, which makes you want to do more what he's asking you to do, even, even more and even more enthusiastically. Um, so that's the cycle of Christian growth. We've talked about that before. When when you follow Christ's commands and love him, you get more of him, which makes you love him more, which makes you follow him. So more. obedience, for sure. I've always Absolutely. thought, um, are you doing what he says to do? Right. Obedience, like as a strong number one or two, maybe not number one, but if we're talking about loving God, somewhere near the top is your obedience to God, is showing your love for God. Um, I've thought about this before, and... If you compare your love to God and let's say your love here in your earthly relationships, right? So like I'm thinking about my husband and like he's a fireman, so he's gone 48 hours a time. When he comes home, it's like I'm like a dog waiting at the door sometimes. Like I cannot wait for him to get home. I'm all but chasing my tail in a circle on the floor. Like I really, really am excited to see him. Videotape that. And I think that, (laughs) and I'm thinking... Why is my relationship with God not the same? Why am I not just like, oh my gosh, I, it's, it's time to get another Bible study in. Everybody clear that we're doing a Bible study. I can't wait to pray. I can't wait. To, and you know, and I'll be honest on Sundays, I'm excited to come to church. I am like, I got called into work last Sunday. I missed it. That I'm bummed. I don't like that. I, I'm happy to come here, but on the rest of the week, how much does my life show my love for God? And in thinking about this, and, and this is like as real as I can be, it's a buildup of idols in my life. If I'm being 100% honest, when my love for God isn't what it should be, there are, there are idols there. Like, you don't mean for there to be idols there, but they're there. Like, you start out and you, you know, I'm ready to start life and like just looking back over the last 20 years I'm like oh man and then career happened and it was like you know follow follow this path and then and then money kind of creeps in there a little bit and a little bit of entertainment lord he knows I have bowed at the altar of little league sports and just all these little things that have 
crep in oh, to where, sure. and then all of a sudden there's all these kind of compartments that I've made and God is just one of those compartments that right. I kind of is just part of it. And very specifically, and I think this is why he said, all your heart, all your soul, all your, not just like, I don't want the box. And I had heard a sermon years ago about that. And I'm thinking, yeah, I've created a box. And so when my love relationship with God isn't matching what I think my love relationships here for other people on this planet, and I think, why? It's when it's all stripped down, it's you've created idols. Um, and I'd heard Matthew, or excuse me, Matthew and Mark, when he is saying this in the Gospels, he's talking about Deuteronomy chapter 6. So the next chapter is Deuteronomy chapter 7, which is about stripping down the idols and tearing out, don't, um, they're giving this warning. God's telling them, you know, you're going to, this is, he's, Moses is talking and we're going to take this land. Right. Don't follow their idols. Right. Don't, don't go out and worship like they do. And I, he was warning them and I'm like, this is take exactly where yeah. I am. It's, it, it bows down, it, it all boils down to um, how you're spending your time, how you're spending your thought life, how you're spending your energy, your money. It, it's just, I mean, this was very, um, I guess, humbling for me to actually sit down and think about how I love God. And it was a little painful to think, I love a lot of things that I've allowed to be more important than mm. God. I think that's where it's important in the original translations. But what we said before we started, when he was talking to Peter, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? There's agape, phileo. Right. You know, there's different levels of love. We just need to make sure we're, you love your husband and you love God. You know, there's, but those are two different. I love my child different than I love my wife. Sure. You know, but he, again, he says it, he says it perfectly in Matthew 6, 24, where he says you cannot serve two masters. Right. You're going to love one and hate the other. Right. You know, that's black and white. He, right. he can't make it any clearer than that. So, Amen. So when we're talking about loving him, um, like the two main things I was thinking was obedience was the one right. I had mentioned, but also seeking him. Just like make it, I don't think it's just a natural thing until right. you make it very natural. It's very intentional um, when you really, you know, maybe your first thought isn't, I can't wait to get into my Bible study today and pray. But eventually it becomes what you delight in. We've talked right. about that. It right. eventually becomes what you want to do, but right. it doesn't just happen. It's like saying... It's discipline first. It's discipline first, and that yes. leads to desire, yeah. and that leads to delight. Exactly what Amen. Gavin was saying. Yeah, yeah. it's a cycle. So one thing uh, before we leave our time for this topic, uh, while you were talking, Tara, it, it, for me, this is the challenge, or this is the way I would say the same thing that I struggle with that you were struggling with, and that is the familiarity breeds contempt. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I mean, think about it. I work with two saved people at a church, you know. So if I don't make opportunities to get out, quote, unquote, in the world and struggle. I mean, you, you folks go to a secular employment, so you don't have to try. Oh, boy, don't we. Yeah, you, you don't have to try <laughs> to put if you will, obstacles in front of you to do the right thing. They're there every day. I'm a carny. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I work with sailors. Right, 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 right. Exactly. So. Uh, I work but, with animals. Right. Yeah. And then, <laughs> literally. Savages. So here's my point. When you, of those, those of you that are in the secular employment, when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that is a daily challenge. 
and you're hungry. By, by the time Sunday gets here, you are hungry. True. And so you come running to the trough to worship, to be fed and the such. And, and so every person, whether they have secular employment or quote-unquote sacred employment, they have to make sure that they are putting the burden on their, denying themselves, picking up their cross and following Christ, because that will naturally make you hungry. You know, um, the, can you, it's a couple, three days ago, I, I mean, I finally felt good enough to, to work, and, and I physically exhausted this body. And uh, I had eaten something at 10 a.m., and then at 8 p.m. was my next meal, which for diabetics is not the best approach. But nonetheless, I was ravenous. I mean, I, just, I couldn't get enough, you know, and, and Dawn's like, what, why are you ordering that? Because I'm hungry, you know, and, and so, you know, the, the glucometer, heck with it, I, I was just, I was hungry. We should be that same way as a result of when we've loved the Lord through the day, we've, we've uh, the word will come to me, we've denied ourselves, we have crucified our flesh, we're hungry, and, and so God will feed us, and if you and I will and, that, and that's something that I lovingly try to preach all the time. If your Bible study has become stale, then before you go next time, you ask yourself every, remind yourself of every challenge that's in your life right now. And we all have them. And, and they're, they're big, you know, if you really think about it. You know, how am I going to make sure that my children are ready to face the things they need to face? Boom. You know, so you go hungry to God's word, and, and he'll feed you. He'll feed you every time. All right. So our next topic is kind of um, a spinoff of our sad song not segment. Not near spiritual is what not we just did. spiritual at all, really. Um, I guarantee but, you mine's not. <laughs> uh, so we did a sad songs segment sometime Which around December. rave reviews. And it was fun. So got we're going to do a love songs segment here. Um, and our question is, can love songs do more harm than good? And my, you know, I don't, I'm just thinking out loud here, just some food well, for thought. It depends thoughts, on like, the song. Yeah. It, it depends on the song. You, uh, I mean, you know, I, I had a rock and roll time in my life, and yeah, most of those love songs can do more harm than good, whether you can biblically even call them love songs or not. But, but I think, you know, I mean, and when I was thinking about this, because this is a very good topic, uh, most good worship songs are really love songs. Oh, for sure. You know, uh, and the such. And, 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 of course, Mandy and the praise team do an awesome job of bringing those, uh, you know, fresh songs to us and such. But uh, I think just romantically between man and wife, there's some, there's some really good songs out there that I think can, can be beneficial. Any thoughts? Do you guys have any uh, thoughts on a love song? that Secular songs today, and it's always been this way, but the, a lot of them are not love songs. They're sex songs. They're about an encounter, essentially, um, or, or, you know, trying to have that encounter, the, the, the uh, pick up at the bar or wherever. PhD. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Not they, sure what that is. Am could, I that old? He's, he's thinking super deep. <laughs> well, they, they, that's all they are. I mean, they really are. To Interesting, get you in a because mindset. the love song that I picked was like really old. I'm talking yeah. like. So, so a love song tells a story. I think anyway, it draws you in, tells a story. It's got a deep, powerful meaning. 
And I have the perfect song picked out to share. Well, I think as is true with most things, like they don't true. make them like they used to, like yeah. maybe today's like love songs written in well. 2015 and beyond are shocking at best. I'll agree with you there. But there's love songs, you take it back and, oh man, I mean, how can you not, when a man loves a woman, come on. Well, even my, the sad my song, My 16-year-old son latched onto what that. Yes. And he That's sang that almost every day. <laughs> well, and you touched on something. Uh, I'm I'm every day, every day, <laughs> Benjamin would sing that song. You talk about a lovesick bull. Okay, well, Dr. Hooks, that's why I said PhD. I said, you know, the, you could, it, this could get turned into where our society is now. Sure. You know, um, I was blessed to be able to preach a love message a while back, and I said, you know, God says love never fails. That's right. the end of that. Well, when we look around us, we think love is failing. No, it's not. It's we're failing on love. Right. And these generations oh, are listening. That is so true. These these generations that are listening to what they think is a love song is nothing more than a physical connection. It right. isn't. So my my saddest song was "He Stopped Loving Her Today." Yeah, that could also be the best <laughs> love song right, right. ever written because right. you know, it has its story. Right. So you know we talked about the dominant spirit several weeks ago now, but when you disconnect the dominant spirit from the soul and the body, all you have left is the appetites and urges of the flesh. That's all you have. And let's face it, when it comes to country music mostly and, and rock and roll and stuff, that's all that that's coming from is the urges yeah. and appetites of the flesh. Uh, when you said, can they hurt anything? I looked it up. I couldn't remember who sang it, but yes, they can. Because you remember Leona Lewis, the Keep Bleeding Love song? It was like an anthem. Keep bleeding, keep, keep bleeding. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was like 10 years ago. Mm. I got a speeding ticket because I was jamming out to that thing. That was my last speed. It cost me like $285. Well, I was thinking so, yeah, you know. that a love song becomes harmful whenever, you know, like a woman. That, and, okay, this is if I'm going to. There's two books I'm going to write. One is about Little League sports <laughs> and how they destroy the family unit. Number two would be on how um, romance novels are as bad for women as just pornography is for men because we crave that romance right. so much. Right. And I think that sometimes... emotional connectedness. Yeah, and like women especially, and I mean, I'm speaking about myself, so other women don't send any emails. I'm not talking about you. But you can really like listen to a song and think, well... <laughs> My husband doesn't talk to me like that. Uh, I've yet to hear him say, you know, come singing to me ever once anything along these lyrics. And, you know, you can kind of let the fantasy, you know, take you to a place where it's like, well, and I'm stuck with this guy. No my romance. wife doesn't think my tractor's sexy. <laughs> she doesn't. I'm shocked. I am shocked. Because I think yeah, that it, all it, the time. It's all lies. John Deere Green's not sexy. No. no. Water no, Tower. No. Is. So everything I learned about love, romantic love and marriage, I learned from country music. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, a shame. That's sad. I mean, when I arrived. You and Denise need therapy. Yeah. 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 You bad. need counseling. It was bad. That's awesome. Any John Wayne movies involved, so yes, too. Yeah. So do love songs help? I think so. So, so I think do they can be good, song? you know, uh, for the emotionally disconnected uh, but I also think that the man that realizes his shortcomings would be advantaged to admit those shortcomings and declare that he's using those songs and cards to do for him what he cannot. But it's saying what I can't say for right. myself. That's right. And, and I know some guys that have done that. And they've, they've, you know, they've done well in their marriage by, by saying, look, babe, you, you know. This guy says it better than I can. That's right. That's right. And because, and, uh, I mean, very honestly, Dawn's like that with cards. She doesn't have confidence in her ability to communicate 
through words. So she goes, finds a card that says exactly what she wants to say. It's awesome. It's awesome. Do, do you and Dawn have a, have a song? A song? Yeah, I'm going to share that. Okay, so yeah. it's your You're playing your song. your song. See, I didn't play my song. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't pick my song. I didn't but, play but the song. But you got to know it's for humor. The, the song that I'm going to play is for humor. I, I, I you know, my song, <laughs> I didn't pick my song. I picked the song, uh, you're all in for a treat because we're all going to play our, what we think is the best love song of all well, time. Again, so tongue in cheek in mind. I play, I'm going to play the song that I truly believe is the best love song of all times. But it's not the song that when I hear it, I think of John, the one that's <laughs> he's going to hate me. We, we well, can, well, who do you think We can take there? all this off the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Don't answer that. <laughs> I came out so wrong. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But I was going to say, my, my love know. song, my love song that makes when I think of John when I hear the song, it's like the rain, Clint Black, just like the rain. Yeah. I always think, I don't know what sounds about that song. I love yeah. it. I don't, yeah. however, think it's the best love song of all time. Okay. So, are we ready to play our sure. love song? Sure. Yeah. I think we better. We're not right. going to get in trouble. Well, I'll, I guess I'll go for Oh, somebody um, texted in, God bless the broken road. That's, yeah. the, mm -hmm. that's good a good one. one. Yep. That was originally written by a Christian artist, and it was kind of remade by a country music artist. No shock there. That, that can go both ways. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. You can make a lot of good All right, Brad, are you ready? Cheers. song for me though oh no no i'm serious uh the the clinton days because they attached that song to hillary clinton no i didn't know that stood by her man now oh, you just heavens. ruined yeah. it i know you <laughs> ruined it for everybody <laughs> now Yikes. that is so not anyway. what i want to picture when i hear this song hey but you just proved a point though what songs attached to us oh, at times yeah. in our life yeah. so like if a love song like me and Lindsay had a cd i mean we played that thing backwards and forwards a thousand times when we were still starry-eyed teenagers at each other. <laughs> Didn't know any They're better. not, any of them really love songs, but for us, yeah. it's our love songs. And we hear it now, and if we stop, and we're like, you just smile. It's like, wow, you know, that was different people. Sure. You know, but. Cool. I, I've always wanted to make, and will someday, a CD of all the songs that I want to communicate to Dawn, and the one that we're going to play here in just a minute will be on there also, but it'll be for humor again. And it's not, I like my women just a little on the trashy side. No. <laughs> is, it, is it really? Is it? That oh. was a joke. Go ahead, play it, Brad. Go ahead, that play was it. a joke. No, it's, I've said this for 20 years. If you don't know my wife, <laughs> oh my that song doesn't speak well to you. If you know my wife, she's the exact opposite of that song. <laughs> she is couldn't be classier, you know, all that neat stuff. But I started this about 20 years ago 
I've even told the church, you know, and, and it's just because irony for me is the most funniest thing in the world, irony. You know, when you see one thing and then, and then what? And so uh, I, I, the first time I ever told her that that was my favorite song when I think about her, it was just hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> And and I've I, it's just it's I just part of our really, relationship. Really big hair and yeah, so, no yeah. doubt. But you know what you did now? Anybody who's gonna listen to this now when I'm I gonna hear think that, of Dawn. I'm gonna think of your wife and be singing yep. trashy sides. So. There you go. I do have to there admit because my hair is curly and can get frizzy. It's kind of big. I I knew I know that sometimes. And I have asked my husband, "Does my hair look too big?" And he's like, "It could be bigger." Yeah. <laughs> well, Dawn, you Good know, man. in the she was all about that big hair. You know, she could get it going. I can't help it. Like, I was born with hair from the 80s. That's what it wants to be. It's just so, the truth. And I didn't send this to Brad, so we're not going to play it. But my, my serious song, and it's still funny, but my serious song, that, that she and I listened to it because we were talking about this. I said, you need to know that this song is going to be played tomorrow in your honor. You know, and we laughed and we talked. And she was like, great. Oh, rolled her eyes. Yeah. You're going to hear about it, yeah. But, th but then she said, well, but do you have a serious one? And, and it is. Have you guys ever heard uh, Running Bear Loves Little White Dove? Yeah, it's my favorite love song. It's my favorite love Running song. Running Bear Love Running. Song. Running, yep. You have to I'm YouTube not sure. it. It's good yeah. stuff. Ray Stevens is the reason I know it. Uh, but but there's actually a better singer than Ray Stevens that sings it. I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're separated, said, two yeah. tribes by yeah. the river. And so, you know, their hands touch and their lips met and then they drown. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's right. That's a love song. So romantic. That's a love That's song. Like That's why we had to yeah. talk about if love songs were good or bad. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well. I guess we've decided they're both. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the context. Uh, there's so many of them. Uh, I love love songs, um, but I listen to a lot of old country. Yeah. A lot of old country is nothing yeah. but love songs. Have you seen the T-shirt that says, it, if, if it's not 1980s country, it's not love? <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> well, one of mine was uh, I'm Going to Love You Forever by Randy Travis. You know, I'm okay. yeah. forever yeah, and ever, amen. I did find a T-shirt that said Macho Man Randy Travis, and he was dressed up like... Macho, no, never mind. But no, but uh, so mine, though, he's got it. And you mentioned earlier, I think every Clint Black song ever written is some of the greatest ones. So this was my song. Million miles away, nothing's oh. ever gonna Tear change the way I feel. The way it is, is the way that it was. When I said I do. This is the song from our wedding, actually. Cool. Singing with his actual wife. Till the end of all time. First wife would be faithful. Hey, you know what? Doesn't matter. The one that could sing. <laughs> <I'm good. laughs> he may be married to the same woman. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can promise you that. He's a Oh, shut up. No, 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 I'm done. Gotta get yourself so, in trouble. <laughs> so the, that was your and John's song? Yeah, actually, it was our song. You have awesome. one that's your and Lindsay's song? Uh, what's your song? We got married at a courthouse in Texas for like $34. And, and, yeah, <laughs> she had $50. She drove from Missouri to Texas, and then we went out and got pizza, and then I had to go to work, so... Um, but no, that they basically were dating, or there was a song that no, there was it was Lifehouse was the band back then, and Lifehouse had uh, the whole CD. We, that was just our song. Cool, listening back and forth. Ario Speedwagon was ours. I can't fight this feeling anymore. That was our. That's our song. That's not what I'm like. I, the one that starts like mm -hmm. no, I that's Tom. <laughs> not that one. This feeling anymore. Oh yeah, that okay. Song. Gotcha. That's a, that's a jam of music. Yeah. So did you send 
that song? I, no, no, is that, this the greatest this, love song? I've got two, right. two different genres. I just sent in the second one. A barroom girl with hard and knowing eyes slowly looked him up and down. Who is that? Cal Smith. And she thought, I wonder how on earth that cut the bumpkin heard this song? found his way to town. I have not heard it, I'll be totally honest. But I, I haven't even heard of the artist. I she haven't heard about the Drowning Bear and Dove song This was his Okay. How's the frost out on the pumpkin? Okay. I'm shocked that you guys. Yeah, I that I kind of fell asleep in the middle of it. <laughs> I thought it was Sunday Coming Down by Johnny Cash. Oh, there's a good. This is good. I still don't know what it is. It's a good playlist here. We're we're gonna sell copies of this. It's all gonna go to charity. This sounds 1970s. I'm starting to feel young. I don't know these songs. I feel like I should be roller skating. They boot that arrow. Yes. We're ready. <laughs> Back to the head here. Yeah. Would it turn out right? How to tell you that it is a good song, though. It is. It's good. I want to build my world around you. Yeah, I see. We need to go to the dispensary. Oh no! Oh this is, man! If there's any new people in the song. audience or listening, don't tell your please. friends about this episode. That's what oh, we're gonna we say. Oh, we are kidding! Next week we'll look at the. You had 22,000 views. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe though. You know, go home and play a few love songs for your spouse. Yeah, no I, I mean, just yeah. and just say, when I hear this song, I think of you. There you go. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, we're getting into a more serious topic now. Servant leadership, uh, did you guys get those pictures that we sent you? Yes. Of the thing? So, guys, seriously, I've got a, um, it'll come to me, a file folder at the office with hundreds of these in there. If you would like to have a copy, I can absolutely get you one. comes out of uh, a book written by Robert Lewis. Robert Lewis is one of my favorite writers when it comes to quote-unquote manhood and things of that nature. He's the author of uh, Raising a Modern Day Knight that gives you uh, a definition of manhood, a ceremony for manhood, and a code of conduct for manhood. It's, it's to, to help your young son uh, to be trained, if you will, in manhood. With all that said, uh, he has another book, can't remember really the title of this book, but he's got a uh, chapter in it 25 ways to be a servant leader. And even though, uh, you know, each one of these could be really developed and the such in its own 20-minute topic, uh, what we challenge the panel here is to just pick three, three that, that, that they would like to talk about and maybe that they have themselves done. What I did through here, uh, you see my little chicken scratch, uh, I wrote either I agree or I do this. And if I wrote I agree, it means that it means that I'm I'm not presently doing it, but I like it. You know, I, I'm I'm good with it. It's just something I haven't uh, successfully done yet. Um, for, for instance, uh, I'll give you a, a, an instance here that I need to improve. And this simply says, uh, and it's the first one: a servant leader includes his wife in envisioning the future. 
and, and I would love to tell you that Dawn and I regularly sit down and we talk about where our marriage is going and how we're going to achieve this, that, and the other. The reality is, is, is that we wake up in the same bed and say, hey, babe, how you doing? Doing great. See you at, you know, three uh, and, and the such. And, and too many times that's just the reality where we're at. Uh, but a servant leader is going to sit down with his wife on occasion and talk through. Now, we, we do that, but do we do it in the complete, uh, what would the word be, ideal of this particular? Pro- probably not. Uh, the one, one that I did say I do this, a servant leader accepts spiritual responsibility for his family. Uh, for example, he accepts responsibility for how regularly they attend church, for praying at meals and other times, for initiating discussion of spiritual issues among the family, and for making sure that all decisions harmonize with biblical principles. And again, on no level am I, am I trying to say that I, I still don't have room for improvement in this area, but I can tell you, especially probably 15 years ago now, the Lord just drew the line with me and said, you're either going to start doing this or you're going to start really regretting that you don't. And so we started having daily quiet times uh, and we're hit and miss, but but we're more hit than miss uh, because of that beautiful um, motto that life is a series of new beginnings. So every time we stop, we start. Every time we stop, we start. And so uh, I get up with Dawn and Tony now, and I fixed breakfast, did it this morning, and we have some Bible time. I pray over them. I put my hands on them, and I ask God to keep them safe at school, to protect them, uh, heal them of any hurts that I may have done towards them, and help them to be the example that God has called them to do. Uh, another one was uh, a servant leader is willing to say, I'm sorry. Uh, years and years and years ago, a very wise man told me, uh, through through a radio deal, I think it was Josh McDowell. You need to learn to say I'm sorry to your kids because they know when you've messed up. They know, and if you do not admit it, then you're a hypocrite to them, and and, and you are living a dual life to them. Now, that's the last thing I wanted to do to my kid. The last thing I wanted to do was send them a a dual message, and so I just bought in. And guys, you know, y'all know from my sermons. I mess up a lot, especially with my wife and kids. And so each time I mess up, you know, a man after God's own heart does the right thing after he's done the wrong thing. And so I, I, it, it's just a discipline for me that when I mess up, I tell them, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Now, today was, was really, you know, quite innocent, but yet it was still very needed. Uh, Tony was helping me with uh, some wood. I was splitting wood, and he was taking the wood that I was splitting to, to stack it up. And he wasn't watching, and I wasn't watching. And his hand went down as I threw a log, and, and I just got one of his fingers. And, and oh, my goodness. And, and he didn't have gloves on. And so I stopped the thing, and I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he's like, it's okay, Dad. It's okay. No, no, it's not. It's not okay. I should have been watching better. And, and I'm begging you, son, don't. Just don't assume that I'm not going to throw something at you, you know. Uh, and, and so that, that builds trust. It, it builds love and the such, and that's something that I really try to do. The last one I'll say here, um, a servant leader prays with his wife on a regular basis. And this is something that her and I, and, and the, the more we go into our relationship, the more I covet her praying for me uh, Sunday morning. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I get up and out pretty early, and she's still in bed, and I just 
got on my knees and said, I need you to pray over me. She put her hands on my head and she prayed over me. It's just one of the best things in a married situation that, that you can do. And so uh, there's my three. You guys go ahead. We had two that really stuck out sure. with, with me. And uh, the servant leader anticipates the different stages of his marriage and will pass that will pass through and kind of makes preparations for seasons of life. At, at 56 or 57, I'm finally getting used to that that idea. And the same as the next one is about kids anticipating the stages of their life too and knowing when and how to talk to them. Um, by On number three here, we're, I, I think feel like we're at least getting half of it right. Um, those are two that I, I feel like I address to some to some extent, but uh, have to, you know when you read the details of what he puts after that point. Yeah, it, yeah, it's pretty heavy I, stuff. I'm not there. Amen. Yeah. Go ahead, Brother Tom. Uh, I, I love looking at these, uh, joking around like how me and Lindsay got married. Um, we knew each other about six months when we got married. And uh, first girl I ever dated that wasn't, when I first met her, I said, we're not going to date. I said, we'll be friends, whatever. And then within like two weeks, we're dating. And then September 11th happened. I joined the military. I told myself, if I make it through uh, this, we stay together. I trust that she's faithful to me. I you know, and when I got to talk to her the first time, I just knew a couple months when we got married, you know. Right. And so I knew that. Sounds I, like your song might be, I Can't Fight This Feeling Anymore. Also, yeah, that's a good one. She loves that. <laughs> uh, she loved, That's her favorite band. But one of them was like, so this, uh, through the COVID thing, I'm talking about praying. I'm kind of going off on a tangent here. Well, I got violently sick one of the nights of COVID. And I remember her yelling for me because it was about 1 o'clock in the morning. And she probably opened up the bathroom door, and I was just waving her to get out. But uh, she, she told me the next day, she said, I thought it was the end. She's like, you sounded terrible. She said, I was praying so hard for you on the other side of the door. You know, and that just encouraged me. I was like, yeah. holy cow. You know, it's like, it, that was amazing. So one of the things that you said that I think you said you struggle with um, is one of my favorite is where it says a servant leader includes his wife in future, envisioning the future. Right. That's all we do. Amen. We we. We love dreaming of what the future is going to bring, what it can bring. But we temper that, I think, because we still have children in the home. And we feel very guilty if we dream too much as a couple without including our children. But that's one of my favorites. It wasn't my top three. Um, the one of them was uh, anticipates the stages his children will pass through. You know, I think any – I have young children, a 9-year-old and an 11-year-old. And, you know, they're starting to make that change. And they – preteen and it's all. shocking yeah it was it was like overnight my daughter would love laying in bed with us and i kept saying no no because she's as big as i am and then it's like like a light switch it's not very big tom it, I don't, <laughs> no it's not but in my bed I'm, it is I'm, I'm your kind I yeah I know. but uh but like overnight it was done you know yeah. and it's like she don't ask no more yeah. you know and it's like so it slowed me down there so with these stages we're we homeschool we started the talk, are we going to allow our children to go to high school? We never planned on, but, you know, so preparing them for them stages. Uh, my number two was um, meaningful family traditions. I had no traditions, but watching my family get drunk. Mm. You know, tradition was you became a man when you could get a beer for dad. You mm. know, now praying at meals. Um, if somebody calls us or we see a text uh, prayer chain, please pray for so-and-so. We will stop where we're at. Amen. You know, and that's that's good. I love thinking about like my son. Right. You know, when he gets older, he will remember, man, dad did this. Right. You know, when Lindsay had her cancer surgery, uh, 
Macy was only three or four, and my sister Emmy took her to Pasta House after the surgery, and they were ordering and did all that, and Macy said, uh, we pray before we eat. You know, that's, the, you know, teach your children mm-hmm. in the way they should go. Uh, amen. Should depart in. Uh, my last one was uh, practical instructions on life to my children. So I know, I know mine's probably child-based because that's mm-hmm. where we're at right now. But sure. We, uh, you know, the things we see on TV, the things we hear on the radio, um, if we're in a church, if we see homosexual stuff on the TV, it gets changed. We talked about, you know, years ago in the Olympics, we had those two co- commentators, the one man that dresses like a woman. It wouldn't show in my home. You know, so we're talking about these things that my generation of children are going to be faced with every day. Sure. You know, can't be afraid of it. So those are my right. servant Very good. leaderships. Yep. You're talking about um, the uh, when you two were struggling with COVID. Uh, that reminded me of the uh, seven years of the married cold. Uh, and this is just for humor. Uh, first year of marriage. Sugar Dumpling, I'm really worried about my baby girl. you got a bad sniffle, and there's no telling about these things with all the strep going around. I'm putting you in the hospital this afternoon for a general checkup and a good rest. I know the food's lousy, but I'll be bringing your meals in from Rosini's. I already have it all arranged with the floor superintendent. That's the second year. Listen, darling, I don't like the sound of that cough. I've called Dr. Miller to rush over here. Now you go to bed like a good girl just for Papa. Third year. Maybe you'd better lie down, honey. Nothing like a little rest when you feel lousy. I'll bring you some soup. Fourth year. Now, look, dear, be sensible. After you've fed the kids and done the dishes and washed the floor, you better lie down. <laughs> Fifth year. Why don't you take some couple of aspirin? Sixth year. I wish you'd just gargle or something instead of sitting around barking like a seal all evening. <laughs> Se- over. Seventh year. For Pete's sake, stop sneezing. You're trying to give me pneumonia? <laughs> so, anyway, I, I read that in um, a uh, John MacArthur book years and years ago on marriage, and I think about it every time. Uh, but you know, the, the bottom line, Brother Tom, uh, is that in, in, a, in a marriage where you've got that love, you do have genuine concern when, when things right. start to look a little, you know, sketchy. Yeah. You have that genuine concern because the reality is we probably all know somebody who no longer has their spouse right? because something tragic happened, yeah. you know. And so I, I, I try – you know, I want to be that guy, God forbid, but I want to be that guy that when I'm standing at that casket, I don't have any regrets. Amen. You know, uh, and, and, and that's difficult. It's very difficult. Well, and not only servant leadership, um, I think the liberal agenda would call it toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. You know, this the servant leadership agenda is the opposite of what our country is pushing. Sure. You know, removing the father from the home. Just he's you can do it by yourself. You know, it's not a knock for a woman to want to become president, but it's designed that a man should be the leader of the home, you know. And so that is one thing I try to instill in my kids is we have a hierarchy in our house, but it's embedded with love. You know, if if I say something and Lindsay disagrees, as long as it's not anti biblical. She's like, listen to your dad. Right. You know, and it's like, so those are the things also we're trying to establish. Like, it's not wrong to be a man. That's exactly right. Serve your family. So, uh, Brother Larry has been faithful to send texts. And uh, the, the first topic that we talked about, uh, he sent this in. That's one reason God gave us freedom of choice so we could truly pick to love him and amen to that. Uh, and he sent in for a good man lyrics uh, artist by June Carter. I won't read all of them, but that was uh, one that he sent in. And then Love Lifted Me uh, by Kenny Rogers. And, of course, it's the, the hymn, Love Lifted Me. Good stuff. So, got something to add? 
Are, are we still on the same topic? Sure. Till we're done. Are no. we done? I think we're done. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm done on, the, on this topic. Oh, you got something else you want to talk about? Because we actually have just a little bit of time. We, we skipped over a bunch of the stuff the, for the, the love, what does loving God look like? And, okay. Um, Let's hear it. A, a formerly vaunted uh, mentor type of mine uh, had said and explained, God gets so much down the road for commanding us to love him, love right. the Lord that God, and, and that obeying his commandments is loved him. That seems a little bit authoritarian and disconnected. Mm-hmm. And uh, this person pointed out that that's what love is to everyone. So me learning what Denise's rules are and enthusiastically obeying them makes her feel loved. What, what her um, perceptions of love, how she feels love. When I learn the rules and obey those rules enthusiastically, she feels loved. So it's the same way with us, yet we right. give God down the road for saying, if you love me, you'll, you'll do what I say. It's the same with everybody. If, if, if you really want someone to feel loved, figure out what their rules for love are right. and, and embrace them. Well, and, and do you think that ties into uh, the love languages? Absolutely. You know, what, what a person's love language is? First time I got a clue about how to love Denise. <laughs> was, Amen. Again, country music didn't cover that. So the, all the songs that I had listened to as a kid didn't cover that fact that somebody might feel love differently right. than how I feel love. And, and if that phrase or that book or idea is new to you, uh, then we've not done our job very well here at the church because we've pushed this book for quite a while. Uh, Chapman, is that his name? Yep. Uh, acts of service, um, quality time, touch, gifts, words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. And so the Basically, the idea is is that God innately put one of those love languages in each person, and usually you can tell what your love language is by how you try to love other people. Uh, I, I'm a touchy guy. I, I like to hug. I like to shake hands and such of that nature. Uh, so my love language is touch. Um, uh, with that said, my wife uh, is gifts, uh, and and. John Smith, the first person that I ever knew to push that book to me uh, 20-some-odd years ago, he said, if your wife's love language is gifts, you've got it easy because everything can be a gift. Washing the dishes is a gift, you know. Uh, doing the vacuum cleaner, d- doing a load of laundry, it's a gift, you know, uh, all these things. And so, Pick it up supper. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I- anything can be a gift. But, but with that said... No, no matter what you has got a sense of humor, too, because he never puts those those two people together that have the same love language. Oh, no. No, no, no. It's always yeah. somebody completely opposite. You, you don't bet. get it. Well, and, and I'll tell you this funny. Um, you guys can give Dawn a hard time about it. But when we were dating, I, we, I had already established the fact that I, I enjoy back rubs. And so she foolishly <clears throat> promised me once we got engaged that she would rub my back every day. She said it. She said, do you know how many times she's rubbed my back? Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, we're we're still way under 50, (laughs) and we've been married 28 years, you know. Uh, And and that was a problem at first, you know, because I I wanted to hold her to that, you know. Uh, The reality was uh, that that was foolish on my part to do that. 
but she does. She does try to love me in those ways. But what I, the, my favorite part about that book is that it, it explains that if you and I, as spouses, have not tried to determine our loved one's love language, we're speaking to them in a foreign language, you know, because we're probably loving them the way we want to be loved. And Dawn could care less about a back rub. Could care less, you know. Uh, she doesn't mind touch, but she just could care less about that type of stuff. And so I was not communicating to her when I thought I was. And so it's, it's very important that we know that about, and, and our kids too. I always think of uh, Gary Chapman sitting in his like 1100th counseling session thinking, hey, there's a pattern here. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. <laughs> there's five different ways that right. people are struggling with either not feeling loved or they're trying to express love and the spouse is not getting it. Not getting it. Amen. Good stuff. All right, well, I think we're done. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Great crowd tonight. Thank you, thank you. Tell your friends about it. Bethelondale.com. Yeah. <laughs>